0: Welcome to this week's Thursday episode of the Fraudology Podcast, where we dive into the science and study of online fraud from the perspective of an e-commerce fraud fighter. I'm Carice Hendrick. Today I am joined by my such dear friend, Shoshana Marini, and Shoshana's been on the podcast previously and i am just eternally grateful to her for coming on today not only because i think we have something pretty exciting to share towards the end of the podcast but, and because i always enjoy talking with her and she helps me think about things in a new perspective about fraud or about humanity in a way that i really appreciate and i know you guys do too But I also appreciate it because I had three interviews cancel in the last two weeks Life Happens. And I think that this is actually like correlation to everything I talked about on Tuesday's episode, where just life seems really uncertain and up in the air for everyone in tech and especially in fraud. And so it impacts everything. But I asked Shoshana if there was any way she could come in a pinch last minute. And she just said, yep, what time? And I am so grateful for her. So Shoshana, thank you so much for joining me always, but especially today.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: We got to chat.
1: It's always fun. And, you know, the others are not canceled. It's just postponed. It's all fine. That's
0: true. Absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, how could anyone plan on having their apartment building flood and then have to turn off the electricity so they don't get electrocuted? Like, Doesn't I'm not going to say. Doesn't that sound
1: like everything right? at the moment?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is. I didn't think of it as a metaphor for life, but yeah, it wasn't like they were trying to get out of it. I, bless his heart. He was like, they're trying to go to a library. I'm like, No. <laughs> Take care of your apartment and your cat. You'll be fine. We'll catch it later. But yeah, so it, before we were recording, we were talking about just the uncertainty of life and how it just feels like whether it's our own lives or I think for both of us, because we are, I feel like we have are in a luxurious, I mean not that it doesn't have its own stresses, but you and I almost it feels like we're from the outside looking in now rather than being from the inside looking out because you're freelance in marketing and getting to pick who you work with and you are so lucky because you are so talented that you do get to, you know, pick who you work with and what you work on.
1: I'm so lucky that my clients are amazing. I work with really nice people and, and that is
0: luck, a gift.
1: It is, and I'm very conscious at the moment that not everybody has that, even in places where everything has been great up until now the last four, five, six months have been hard in a lot of places and not everywhere is dealing with it well.
0: Yeah, it's impacting the internal workings of companies in ways that we just can't, you know, guess, right? And I think because I've been in startup culture during uncertain financial times and I've seen some fear make people do crazy shit. And, you know, you've worked in various tech startups over the years in various stages of fundraising and the market and everything else. You've seen it as well. And we have a lot of friends within different types of technology companies, whether they're public, whether they're private, whether they're fully funded or VC funded or anything else that, you know, and as I mentioned on the episode on Tuesday, like I whenever I'm thinking about okay, what do I want to talk about for Thursday's episode, I kind of do this trend analysis in my Head. what have I been talking about most with fraud fighters and this past week I was like oh that everything's on fire and nobody's nothing certain <laughs> and like people are either I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow or oh my gosh there is no job and it's just the empath in me just wants to try to fix it but I can't
1: I'm hearing what I was also. sharing what I'm hearing it also I think it's everywhere, regardless of industry. It's mo- like most tech, of course, and retail is mm-hmm. very affected, but it, it's in fintech and banking and other industries that have really very little relationship to any of those. It's <laughs> pervasive. Health
0: tech. You're right. And it doesn't really matter if you're on the vendor or the merchant side. There will be different reasons for the stress. But when the most senior people in the company are really stressed out, there's this saying, at least here in the US, that shit rolls downhill. Sorry Hmm. if I'm saying that word too much, but basically like, you know, if something starts at the top, it's going to keep impacting everyone else and it's almost going to get worse towards the bottom.
1: I think there's also an aspect to which
0: fraud fighters struggle with it
1: more than others.
0: That's what we were just talking about, and yeah. that's what I wanted to dive into. Yeah, I tried to crack it a little bit on Tuesday, but you shared some stuff that just literally, like right before we pressed record, I was like, well, "Here's what we're gonna talk about now." Because I was like, <laughs> you know, I thought I, but sometimes it's hard because it's like it's self analysis, and in my mind, even I never even think of you in marketing. I think of you as a fraud fighter because you do think so much like us. But I think because you I hang have out one with leg all the out, kids. it's right. You do, yes, you do. You hang out with all the cool. Well, I don't know. I think in high school, we were not considered cool kids. So. But
1: uh, thank think goodness for real life
0: says no one right now. I think one of the reasons why I, I really love your thoughts on it is sometimes I'm too close to it because I am one. I mean, I've, I've gotten to a point where I do see that 10,000 foot view to a certain extent, but we were just talking about some of the ways that it's harder for fraud fighters. And I was like, Say that. <laughs> so it's. I haven't heard
1: Tuesday's episode because it's not out yet. We're recording this on Monday,
0: so I. And full disclosure, I, I recorded it at like ten o'clock at night last night. So,
1: so I may I couldn't end up have repeating.
0: even sent it to you anyway. <laughs> oh no, I don't think you well. You, um, if you do. Who knows if everyone listened to it either? So you're good. <laughs> but I, I think
1: my take on it, comparing to people who work in other industries, because I have a number of friends and clients across mm. a broad swath of industries. My take is that the challenge for fraud prevention professionals is that this kind of uncertainty runs counter to all the kind of uncertainty they're already very familiar with mm. and dealing with because like <laughs> fraud changes all the time and we know that and that is what is so interesting about this industry that is why we keep coming back mm. more and that's great actually in many ways in terms of the continual interest of the job and knowing that you're really doing something necessary continued value in your work but it means that you're used to a scenario in a professional context where you're always up against an intelligent adversary. There's, It's not random. Somebody really is out to get you. What's the saying about paranoia? You're not paranoid. <laughs> you really are out to get you. They are out to get you. They are targeting <laughs> you and your company all the time. Yeah. And the whole point of your job is to get really good at spotting that and spotting the patterns, which all fraud fighters, all good fraud, fraud fighters are very good at doing. And the best ones are usually people who can't let go. Like they, they, they see the pattern and they see the problem and they follow the path where it takes them. And they will, if necessary, wade through millions of spreadsheets and try and put hundreds of pieces of individual b- bits of data together to work mm. out what's going on. This definitely makes me think of the work at the end of last year with the master manipulators group where, you know, there were just so many people working on the same problem and so many bits of data to to put everything together. And that kind of scenario, while insane and obviously full of uncertainty, is the kind of problem fraud fighters are very good at dealing with.
0: Mm. And And there's a baseline, right? Yeah, sure. We know what's normal in our Mm -hmm. company we know what to expect with Mm -hmm. our customers at the time of the year the holiday whatever so the way we're identifying oh this is not normal this is weird we need to double down on this and triple down on this and start pulling all of these threads at this thing Mm -hmm. that is not normal is because we have a very good grasp of what is and what's common and okay this is the common behaviors for our customers this is the common behaviors for our banking clients this is a common and then okay these are all the weird things right
1: Exactly. And then you know that if something is abnormal, then A, it's a sign that there's a problem. It might not be your problem. It might be that there's some kind of operational thing. It might be logistical, technical, but there is a problem. Yes. And you will follow it and work out what's going on until you have a solution. Like it might take a while to work out the ideal real solution, but you will work out what's going on. And the thing is with the uncertainty at the moment in Within the economy. Within companies or uh,
0: economy, right? Yeah.
1: And organizational structure and salaries and resources and Even like products and markets, I've heard in the last two weeks, I've heard of five companies who are shifting their geographical Hmm. um, and two companies that are shifting their product approach. One is dropping something they've been invested in a lot last year. One is suddenly expanding into something new. And then you're like, this is abnormal and I have no idea what's coming, but there's no pattern and the patterns that I see don't make sense. And the whole thing is like, this is deeply uncomfortable. It doesn't match any of how I know to deal with this sort of situation. It's the wrong kind of uncertainty. There's no baseline. There's no baseline. Even you know, if, if I'm thinking to... about before and I, I know. Yeah. Have.
0: This one's different. Mm hmm. <laughs> to 2008. Well, not just on the higher level, but I think what I'm thinking of, too, is just say like your interactions with your boss. And this is something I'm hearing a lot from fraud mm-hmm. fighters and, and just like banging our heads up against the wall. So that's what I'm using. And I have had that before, but they were different people, different bosses, different circumstances, different stresses, et cetera. Right. And in, in this situation, is, they
1: probably are. Like, it may be that you have a different boss compared to the one you had four
0: months ago. I know a that's lot of people are probably in that situation. Or it's the same human, but they're acting completely <laughs> different. Right? That actually is what drives a fraud fighter crazy or even crazier, right? Yeah. There's no baseline to know, oh, this is weird for this person. This is out of the norm. I should, you know, figure that out or I can tie it to, okay, they had a loss in the family or I can tie it to they're going through a marital issue. No, this is I don't know which boss I'm going to get on Zoom every day. And one day they care about this and another day they care about that. And they don't always remember what they said they cared about before. So they keep moving the goalpost. And I don't think anything drives fraud fighters more crazy than like with the goalposts moving and the baselines moving. And because there's no, how do I know what's abnormal if everything's abnormal, right? Yeah. And,
1: and that and, can be company wide. It might not just be your <laughs> boss. It might be also oh, his boss and her boss. And usually you know, the, is. like the, all of the departments like on parallel levels that you're dealing with also.
0: Yeah, it usually is. Yeah. And I think, you know, you were saying, because right before we were we were talking about it a little bit and I was saying how hard it can be for uh, fraud fighters to let things go because, you know, our job is to investigate and to keep going mm-hmm. and going until we find a solution or at least we find out the why. And There's you were talking way. about someone in, your, someone in your, your life that you're close to who, when other people say things that are hurtful or confusing, they just assume, you know, the best intent on the others.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I go ahead and
0: say that and then share like why you were like halfway through the sentence. You're like, oh, but that wouldn't work for us. So
1: it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing coping mechanism. And yes. I've seen how impactful it is in real life because people are thoughtless or very busy or they forget or they're having a bad day or whatever. Personal. It's not personal. It's not about you. It's almost never about you. And probably it's not even really them. They probably didn't mean it. They have good intent. They did it maybe in a non-ideal way. They weren't thinking things through, but they have good intent but for fraud fighters this doesn't really work because you spend all day against an intelligent adversary who does not have good intent they would be so bad at their job if they had good intent right. so like I, and i think that also does something to your brain after a while where you just you cannot assume good intent in, in normal business because that's that would make you very bad at your job ultimately mm. you, you have to be looking for ways in which people will cheat or scam or defraud because that's just what you're looking for now
0: And the things that make us really good at this job can make us really bad at being dealing with real life, a coworker, being (laughs) a spouse, dealing with stress and uncertainty, being a parent. I spoke at an event last week for a lot of people in sales and I really enjoyed it. And I think they got a lot out of it. But because of all the things I was hearing from my fraud fighters friends, I focused way too much on the negative. It was way too skeptical and cynical. And without talking to all of them, I can imagine. That there were two different groups in the audience, right? Because most of them are not inherent fraud fighters. And what we mean by that is not just, oh, that's not your job, but like your it mentality. It hasn't skewed right. their brain yet. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't impacted it like, their brain. <laughs> yeah, there is no hope for me. I'm just like, I can feel. It's like substance abuse, right? <laughs> yeah, like your, yeah, your brain has been tainted. It's been, yeah, changed. Well, I'm sure that half of them were like, wow, okay, I understand now all the things I can't do. Now I'm going to try to figure out how to navigate that with my goal and I understand it and it makes sense. And okay, I'm going to take this as a challenge. I am sure that the other half were like, well, if you just told me that everything I do is wrong, what's the point? It is working to some extent. It might not be working in the long term for my company's brand or it might not be working in the long term for me. But like, I don't have long term. I have short term quotas. So like, screw it. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I don't blame them for that, like in hindsight, but because I was constantly like focused on the negatives, that was what I wanted to get across because that's what I was hearing from other people. But it's my job to say, hey, these are the negatives, but let me tell you what you can do. And there is actually so much that can be done. But my brain was skewed that way. And I think that's the same with when we're dealing with just all the internal chaos happening within organizations, no matter what industry they're in. There's so much uncertainty. And when humans are in, involved, a lot of times stress changes us. It changes our personality. It changes everything about us. Mm -hmm. And those of us who are cued in and we're looking at the teeniest, tiniest little details to try to figure out, okay, is there a stress, right? Okay. I know the baseline. Is there something different? Is there something different? But we don't even need the teeny tiny details because like our boss is not the same. And the goals of the company are not the same. And everything we like relied on for that foundation and that baseline to then look for everything else that was off has shifted completely. And I think that's why it's so hard. But then I guess on the flip side, speaking of me focusing on negatives all the time, it's like, what do we do? What can be done? I think the other
1: aspect that makes it so hard for Fruit Fighters specifically is that a lot of it right now is actually random. You are so highly trained to look for patterns. Ha, It's just not there. They're not there. It is random. And that's really hard to accept. But sometimes that is just how it is. And you're very alone with it. Because whether you're a junior analyst or a senior analyst or a manager, fraud is in a very different position to many of the other departments in the company. And it's very hard in this kind of economic picture for you to be able to explain exactly why you are so valuable and how you fit into everything in many ways when things are shifting all the time and you know Mm -hmm. you're not comparing to that baseline I think this is actually something I want to say in a minute when we get to the original point of this conversation yes a a while ago but I think that nobody really gives fraud fighters coping mechanisms (laughs) things And I think that's really very difficult. Hmm. My my husband has this amazing thing, which is, I think he actually got it from a programming book. They of have course like, he did. He's an right. engineer. <laughs> oh my god, he so is.
0: He's such um, a sweet,
1: sweet engineer. But yeah, talk about careers that do things to your brain. Although actually, I think in that case, it's the other way around. But he has this amazing thing that he's, he always comes back to, which is it's not the event. It's your reaction to it. Meaning hmm. sometimes it's just random. Many things are. Or completely out of your control. Many things are. So what you have to deal with is your reaction. And like, sometimes that's the only thing that you can focus on. And that has to be enough. <laughs>
0: Sardine is now sponsoring Fraudology, and one of the reasons I've been so impressed by Sardine is their founder, Soups Ranjan. But after learning about the available options for online fraud detection, he became frustrated with the existing tools on the market. And as fellow fraud fighters, I think a lot of us know exactly the kind of tools he was frustrated with. The legacy fraud tools that just return a score or a signal or a yes, no, Maybe without your team getting to understand all of the aggregated data or the value attributed to each data point that goes into calculating that score or the vendor who won't give you your company's data for your own models and their own user interface was probably an afterthought. And let's be honest, Soup wasn't the only one who's been frustrated by the status quo in fraud technology but not all of us are able to rage quit our jobs recruit a few of the smartest risk engineers we've ever known and go build a fraud platform that is truly built by the fraud squad for the fraud squad a platform for kyc aml That is something that I talked about on Tuesday was not meaning to take it from the serenity prayer or anything like that. But it is for me, when everything seems out of control, I have to focus on the things that I can control. And it might just be what time I get out of bed in the morning and it might just be the tiniest things. But if I focus on that or like, OK, everything seems negative, I need to make myself write out three things I'm grateful for. And it might not be, oh, I'm grateful that the sun shined. No, it might be, you know what? I'm actually grateful that that, you know, that prospective client decided not to go with me because it freed me up to have more time to do X. Or I'm actually glad that this didn't work out that way because it helped me see, you know, I have a really hard time being grateful for my chronic pain for so many reasons. But at the same time, it's I wouldn't have pain. been right because it yep. sucks every day, mm-hmm. especially my mornings. You know, in one way, if I didn't have it, I never would have had to become my own boss. I never would have had to figure out a way to you know make things work for me, even though I'm not because I am a fraud fighter, because it has done things to my brain. I am not inherently a business owner, you know, but trying to make it work around it. Right. So finding things you're grateful for. And then the other thing I've tried to make sure that I do is when everything feels uncertain, I make a point to list out everything I can think of that I'm certain about. And sometimes it's that Arlo, my dog, is going to wake me up at two o'clock in the morning to take him outside to go pee. <laughs> and other times it's that my daughter's going to roll her eyes at anything I say. And you know what? But I'm certain about that. Like I can set my clock to it, right? Like I can, I'm certain that we're going to have several more days or weeks of overcast weather and it's going to be dreary here. See, you're joking about the weather, but this actually goes
1: back to the insanity and the uncertainty at the moment because today, the last week has been pouring with rain and stormy and oh. today there were earthquake tremors. So like the, it? it's, it's Israel? just every- Well, from Turkey, and then you feel it in Israel. It's just, everything is insane. So I'm very with you on the finding the right things to be grateful for thing and actually the project that we're working on at the moment has been in my mm. mind very much because as the messages continue to flood in from different people at different companies who are mm-hmm. lucky enough to still have jobs and for everything to be relatively stable just but just incredibly stressed out and difficult and with this project I really feel like we're kind of on track to give them some of the materials they need to do some of the heavy lifting that they're trying and finding difficult to do. I feel like you will do a much better job of explaining the actual project that I will what? do. So I'm going to leave this to you.
0: <laughs> well, I will say that although you and I both are our own bosses for all intents and purposes, and there are great things to be grateful for and things to be stressed out for. So, you know, there's never a perfect solution by any means. But when you start talking about thinking about being going freelance last year, I selfishly was so excited because there have been projects that I have wanted to be able to provide the fraud fighter community to help them, to support them, to give them some guidance and insight that they've been needing forever. And as much as I've been saying, oh, I'll just do it all on my own. um, It's been a few years. And I don't have those skills. You, my love, are like the best ever at keeping us on a timeline. <laughs> means you know harassing the heck out of me from halfway across the world i need it sometimes because i do have adhd and i get no squirrel you know like i get sidetracked and life has been challenging for me as well more so in the short term than the long term but still it's been a lot and i knew that we would be the best balance so one thing that continues to happen is i've been getting the same questions from different fraud fighters literally for the last 10 years of my career ever since i have supported fraud fighters as a community Whether it was for, you know, a trade association or an online publication or in my own, you know, work with Fraudology, there are questions that continually come up all the time, right? Probably the most common are, hey, what's the most common, what are the KPIs, right? Like, where should I be? I know where I can't be because of Visa, but like, where is everyone else? How are they setting up their fraud structure? Or like, just all these, who... Mm -hmm fraud team support or uh, report to, right? Like, how do we know how to select a fraud vendor, which is a whole long conversation, because for an industry that is so data focused, because of engineering constraints, we can't go straight to POC. So then you start to just believe whatever the sales guys say. And hmm, unfortunately, there are some companies that are really good at saying the right thing. But then when you get to the contract, and once you do get it implemented for good, oh, you realize, oh, no, that wasn't at all the case. And then there's some companies that you know, are really good at the outcome, but not so good at the effort. So anyway, but there's just so many uncertainties. And, you know, what we, again, focusing on what we can control. One Mm. thing you could control as much as there's 800 million things I want to do to support the fraud industry right now is to do our very best at creating a benchmarking survey, primarily for online e-commerce and marketplace companies. Um, We might be in a position to extend that further in future iterations. But right now, you know, I think in banking loss and that kind of thing, because of regulations, there are some benchmarks. It's insane that anyone's been able to do their job for this long without knowing where they stand.
1: I think it's been something people have wanted to have for a long time. But suddenly, because of the situation, I think for a lot of people that shifted now from what was like nice to know is now like I needed to know six months mm. ago. Mm-hmm. And pressure's really built up. Is my, are your teams growing? Are they shrinking? Are they saying the same? How is your leadership evaluating your success? What things are you supposed <laughs> to be hitting? Are you hitting it? What are your responsibilities supposed to be? Did you split with another team? Did you take on another team's responsibilities recently? Mm. Like and then how that changes depending on where your leadership is based or where your fraud prevention people are based or what industry you're in or what company size. There's so much and the pressure has suddenly built up to an extent that I think for some people feels almost unbearable because if Mm. you don't have the data, you don't have a case.
0: Yeah. And going back to like the way we you know, usually see things is with our guts and with our intuition, right? That's Mm. very difficult, if not impossible. That's why our leadership's like Yeah, okay. It sounds like a nice to have because you don't have any data showing me that we're above or below where we should be compared to our peers. And not that your direct competitors are going to tell you anything. But and you know, the thing is elephant in the room, this isn't going to be the first survey attempt within the industry at all. But I have been involved with some of them, and some of them I'm really proud of, or one of them I'm really proud of, other ones. There were a lot of behind the scenes that I could only impact so much. And so there were some things that were very important to you and I when we started this out. The first one being the majority of previous surveys, and it's because of the way the market is, right? It's not like you can Mm -hmm. ask a whole bunch of merchants. Hey, can you chip in money but it's very expensive to hire a survey company that's reputable that uses, you know, scientific methods mm-hmm. to balance the surveys and, and know how to ask questions the right way and have the answers in the right, just all those things. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And so a lot of times the surveys are either done by solution providers or commissioned by them a lot of times they're asking the questions that they think people want to know or the questions that they want to know to do their job better. Or they have a couple of merchants input here and there, but those merchants, it's their volunteer job. They, you know, they're not really thinking about it. And maybe they've never worked on surveys before. So they don't realize that if they ask the question this way, they understand it. But the problem with being an emerging industry is that every industry and every, sub like people call the same thing, different things. And so you really have to be clear. I'm like, when I ask you your chargeback rate, this is the math I need you to do so that we're all talking about the same thing and we're all
1: doing the same thing oh we drove the survey company so crazy they, oh I mean, they're did? amazing so patient she's so
0: patient but, so patient, sh- but i mean service. when joshana says we she's being nice i drove them crazy trying to explain no no fraud fighters are very literal we have to be very 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 specific about exactly how we're asking this question and we have to give them instructions on answers because if they don't know exactly what we're asking they either won't answer it or they'll guess and then that isn't scientifically reliable
1: and it's inclusive um, of multiple verticals and business oh my models gosh. and global yes. in intent, even though we're sorry, it's only in English this time. It's just
0: like a time management and cost we management We had to thing. pick, right? Yeah. If we had to pick our battles and it was so hard.
1: It's but- not perfect, but we tried so hard.
0: We did, and we did get a sponsor for this, and we're so grateful for that. I mean, we'll announce you know more about who that is later on uh, when the survey is released for various reasons. But like they, it was very important to them that we steer the bus and that we have autonomy. I mean, we made it clear in our contract and our proposal too that if we're going to get this right, we need to be able to have final say, and we want to be able to ask. We also had such a great group of merchants being so helpful on weekends oh and gosh, nights and yeah. other thing helping us because we didn't want to just speak for them. And it's been a long time since I've been on the front lines. We and so I'm so grateful. You, but to thank, you, no. thank you. Thank you.
1: I would always
0: want to name everyone, but I know that they can't be. But we made it clear we wanted to have different verticals and different levels of experience. And Mm. we got great insight on what was important and what wasn't. And there were definitely some questions that we really wanted to ask, but there was no way to ask them in this way. Or, you know, maybe one day we'll be able to do a separate, more focused survey on just solution providers within the space. But like asking people, who's your favorite and your least favorite vendor, which was a very good hearted popular suggestion. And it was coming from the right place. Yeah. Start. How are we measuring that? And are we saying why aren't they? You know, I mean, that's just not fair, right? I want things to be more data based. And so this is our first attempt at this. We had to come, even though you and I both had so many late nights on this and worked on it so much in the last couple of months. And it's a big reason why I've been a little behind on the podcast and other things too. You know, we recognize there will be some mistakes. We want feedback, feedback. But our biggest we really do. Yes, and our biggest ask on this, and it really it does tie with what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, is yeah, we need you to fill it out because if you don't fill it out, you're not going to have any answers. I always see the merchant community and just the fraud barrier community as needing to be give a penny, take a penny. There are some companies that just want to take a penny, and you know what? They don't get invited to events. They don't get invited to the best. Merchant only conversation, but also if you have answered those questions, you'll have a record of what you answered, and it makes it easier to show your your leadership. Hey, this is how we answered, and this is where everyone else answered. And then here we've got some direct tasks, and now you have some benchmarks to anchor yourself to, and to say, hey, well, this is where I think that big ask is that you fill this out. I am. It's launching this week. Uh, my team will be sending it out. <laughs> Just the look on Shazan's face is like. I like mean, we're finally. We're in. Gonna, oh gosh, I know, but I also want to <laughs> be like, is it launching? Our hope and our plan is to have some, at least some initial prim- preliminary data for me to share at MRC, which is coming up so much faster than I keep thinking about it. It's basically <laughs> in a month. It's a month. I'm like, oh no, we've been a while, and Tashan is like, no, Carice, we have to get this part done. The survey like two weeks ago, so that we can have people actually fill it out. Yeah. So it's again, the mind of a fraud fighter wants everything to be perfect. But if you do not get an email from my team, please email. Uh, my assistant. I will put her email in the show notes. The reason why we're not putting the link to the survey in the show notes is because we want some data integrity. Not only, you know, just like other people curious what the questions are, but I don't know. I don't think this would happen and I'm not too much of a conspiracy theorist, but I know that it would be very detrimental. Like Shoshana and I would cry for weeks if we did all this and then like fraudsters found it and just started messing with the data and like filling out random things.
1: This way, we know it's good, you know it's good, we all know we can trust the results and build yep. on them. And that's really important because we want it to be practically actionable. Build a business case for resources and advocate for a salary bump for you or for your team. Yes. determine whether you're above or below KPI benchmarks or if you're hitting the same KPI types as everyone else by ways to highlight your impact across the organization, which a lot of people have been talking to me about recently. Yeah, we really want this to be something that answers the questions you have and then is something you can put to use.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. And that is being able to tell your leadership, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we need to be or look, this is where we're at. Look for everyone else. Is. Give me a raise. And one question we are asking at first is salary. We're just asking about the one person filling it out right now. I think it's really, this is something that everyone's wanted for years and years. I've wanted to give it to you by geography, by title, by roles and responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. But when we really think about it, and usually, whenever anyone asks, like, how do I know, you know, if I'm paying my team enough or if I'm getting paid enough? And I say, I would love to do a salary survey. And they're like, yes, please. I'm like, but would you fill all that out for everyone? Oh. <laughs> So one of the ways that we're trying to get around that is we're just asking one question right now, see how it filled out and everything else. The other thing I really want to make sure that we hit home is that this is entirely anonymous and we're not saying that the reason why we're not saying hey if you fill this out you'll be entered to win something is because we would need your email address we'd need it attached to the survey in some way and you'd be trusting us to detach it and we would but like we're just taking that out now after you fill it out you will be taken to a landing page to fill out your email address if you want to it's totally optional to get and it's the totally separate copy. to
1: the results that you entered
0: it's in it is on two completely different servers for two completely different companies. They are not connected. We have thought, I mean, if anyone's going to think these kinds of things through, it's gonna be two of us that you know we've already had our brain infected by the fraud fighter impact
1: and, on and top additionally that, yeah we're only going to show aggregate results also really important to mention never individual mm-hmm. ones never oh not only will you not be linked to anything individually we wouldn't be able to if we wanted to i was gonna so say like, yeah we couldn't so yes some of the questions are sensitive but this is the only way that you will get that information and you know and we need to
0: You more information so that it can be, right, so that it can be part of the data, right? Mm -hmm. If it's on top or if it's in the bottom or whatever, like it needs to be part of it. I mean, it's, but this really is our attempt at giving you guys a gift and giving you guys a lifeline and some kind of a baseline that, you know, while most of us are fully, uh, so much more capable and comfortable navigating the world of fraud and the bad guys and we know what it's like to be, you know, the adversaries and all and looking for those anomalies. We need to be better collectively as an industry at communicating and navigating the world that isn't so familiar to us. And we believe that this is the first step. I mean, Jashana and I have a wish list of other things that we want to provide the Front Fighter community. The second, but it'll have to be a time. But this by far was the most important. We actually started going down a different road and realized, no, we can't do anything else until we provide this to everyone. They can't do anything else. Like this is, and I have seen... Because there is one survey I did several years ago that was the closest to this and reliable. That's the other issue survey responses right now. Oh, my gosh. It's like, how is it possible to have your fraud expenses account for 10% of all of your company's revenue? Like, that's actually what's on a benchmarking survey right now. And people are so confused. Like, what? So people, if um, this is you, please let us know because we would love to understand how, the, how right. that one is working. Right. I mean, 10 percent. I'm like, somebody had to get something wrong. But it was in the merchant group. I'm one of the merchant groups I'm a part of just this weekend. They were like, does anyone? And they weren't saying what the hell. They were more like, I just really want to understand how they got to this number. Because like if we did two billion dollars in e-commerce last year, is that saying that we had to spend 200 million dollars on preventing fraud? That's not even how much we wrote off. What? I can't. My company would have fired me years ago. That sounds like vendors filled bad out. Yes, please. Let's have it be that. I'm kidding, guys. But yeah. So it's just and I think that really comes from it's not because every it's not because anyone who wrote those surveys didn't have the best of intentions. It comes from not having the same language and understanding across the board of everyone filling it out it comes from too much ambiguity. It comes from not having the right answers. Right. Like maybe they didn't know that we should be doing basis point, not, <laughs> you know, not in 10 percent. We tried yeah.
1: really hard to fix those things. It's not perfect, but it is right. done. And please, okay. please send us the feedback in. Carice really means it. I really mean it. We actually really, really want to it. hear from you because if we do this again, we will try and fix all of the things.
0: One hundred percent. What to
1: fix unless you tell us.
0: Mm. In the meantime, go fill out the survey. <laughs> Yes, please. And uh, you can fill out an email or just quick send a very quick email and I will put it in the show notes just to click on it and have it go with your you know, go straight from your email to info at com. I need to make sure that I give my assistant a heads up that that's coming, but she has the link and everything else and is starting to send it out to everyone. Make sure that you guys take some time this weekend or next weekend for sure, please. And this is our way of trying to help you. It's not going to be a short process, but you know what? You're not in it alone. Thanks so much again, Shoshana, for joining me. Always a pleasure. Today and always, and for just being so great to work with.